do, buckaroos. Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. This is the Westworld podcast on the lovely, fantastic, glorious, incomparable network. Thanks to them for putting us up here. I am your host, Kelly Gamont. With me, as always, is Don. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. <laughs> so uh, the first thing I want to get out of the way right here is that... Um, the Super Bowl teaser trailer is a thing, and we did an entire episode on it. So before anybody talks to us about it, uh, before you talk to us about the last episode, I just want to make sure everybody knows we did a bonus episode about that. And you can go download it right now, and you can listen to a selection <laughs> of what we wanted to say about it, because it was two minutes, so we literally set a 15-minute timer. Uh, to make sure that we didn't spend an hour on two minutes of footage. Which we uh, so, could have. Which I think overall we ended up doing. It's just that we only recorded 15 minutes of it. Like I keep telling you guys, uh, there's a whole episode of the podcast that happens that you don't hear as we like are in between the episodes where we, you know, the episodes where we actually do hit record. So uh, I want to go ahead and start with a little bit of news aside from the Super Bowl trailer. And Don, uh, you have some updates for us, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, certainly you need to uh, watch the trailer, both trailers, the one on the HBO side and the one that's hidden on, um, is it the Delos Incorporated site? I forget. It's one of the sites. You'll find it. Uh, see them both. The other is, uh, uh, you can certainly find links to all these things on Reddit on, uh, r slash Westworld, but you're crazy if you go there because <laughs> the Reddit hive mind is hard at work figuring out all the plot points for, uh, season two. Uh, and so be, be very, very careful if you go there. Now, of course, some of the stuff that's on Reddit is just complete and utter horseshit, but every every once in a while they get a good one, and I, you know, I'm always texting Kelly during the week and running her day with, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And you know, it's obviously a Reddit link or whatever, <laughs> and she's used to me doing that, and she knows what to what to avoid and what not. Can't say you weren't warned. Uh, the other thing is <laughs> Nolan and Joy uh, say a real season two trailer because they call they apparently call what happened in the Super Bowl. And I just noticed I wrote Super Bow in our notes. Yes. Maybe I was telegraphing. They call that a teaser, and they say a real trailer is coming for season two. They don't say when it's going to come, but it's going to come there. So, Okay. Well, and to add to Oh, that, and we, also... Uh, we may have glimpsed a bit of that. Yeah. <sighs> yes. <laughs> because so right before the show... <laughs> Uh, Kelly texted me with some goodness, 10 seconds of goodness. Yes, it's literally 10 seconds. If you have, now I'm assuming this also happens if you have HBO Now, where you just pay directly for HBO. Um, I have HBO Go because I have HBO as part of my cable. And I always have to sit through like a little commercial at the beginning of stuff. Um, I usually use it as like, let me let me make sure I've got something to drink or... I, you know, I'm going to go get snacks or whatever. And, and I make sure that like, so I don't usually pay much attention to that. But the other night I put on a movie and at the beginning it was like, you know, coming soon to HBO or whatever. And it had all these clips of things that were coming, like a new season of this and a new season of that and a bunch of other stuff that 
nobody listening to this show probably cares about. And the very end of it was a little bit of video from Westworld. And it was terribly exciting. And the reason it was terribly exciting is because, well, because first of all, I, I wasn't expecting to see something new. And we got, uh, it said Westworld across um, uh, Dolores on a horse with a few other people it looked like sort of a group that were all riding together. She was in the middle and there, there wasn't much to it. There was like that. And then, uh, Don verified for me that, uh, because Kelly, <laughs> Kelly photographed her iPad with her iPhone no, and it was my sent TV. me the video. Oh, that was your TV. <laughs> yeah. I just backed it. It looked like an iPad cause I was sitting on the couch. So I was like, okay, here, I'm just going to shoot this really quick because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get it again, like I didn't know how much more stuff I'd have to watch before they gave me this commercial again. So I was like, Oh, pause, pause, pause. And so I was able to, to get the video and, and send to you. So I'm like, who is this? So there's a moment where Maeve shoves Sizemore up against the wall with one hand. She's got like her arm against his throat with one, you know, one arm and the other arm has a, the other hand has a gun in it. Yeah. So, and that I think, was exciting. Yeah, that was, and that was the new footage from season two. We haven't seen that specific footage, but we have seen, if you remember the Comic Con trailer, we did see the scene where Maeve and Sizemore are standing side by side, and she has this BFG, you know, the big yes. fucking gun that she, and it's the same one because I went back and looked. I went back and looked, and it's the same gun. So we know that's probably. I'm going to guess it's going to be in the first episode where we saw that's footage because that would be the continuity. If, it, if not, it's going to yeah. be very early on in the season. So, Oh, for sure. So as, as so, we said, it's all coming down and the theories are out. And speaking of theories, at the end of this episode, and we're not going to do it now, nope. we're going to have uh, Kelly and Don's theory time. Yes. And I do want to point out um, crazy theories. And uh, we are happy to share in them with you. Um, I, for people who, who don't remember, I used to run a home for Crackpot Theories over on an old Apple podcast I did. So enjoy that. Um, I do want to also let you guys know, here's a programming note that, w uh, programming note, that we are uh, shuffling the order a little differently. This time, instead of going sort of scene by scene through the episode, we're going to go character by character through the episode. So this isn't going to be, you know, watch a few minutes and then listen to us commentate on it. We're going to talk about each character in broader strokes throughout this particular episode. So we're going to try that. Let us know what you think. And with that, we are going to start with the beginning of the episode, which is Dolores and Arnold. Right. And this open and we're just so everybody's clear, we're this is the rewatch for episode three, The Stray. And boy are there gonna be spoilers if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> what in the hell are you listening to this uh podcast? Why are you for? listening to us tell you about it if you haven't already right. seen it, first of so, all? So so we're gonna talk about the conversations because there's two important conversations between Dolores yes. and Arnold, and we're gonna talk about those mostly later on. And we know they're Arnold because we find that out. We, we don't find that out until episode 10 that this is Arnold and not Bernard. We all get head faked thinking, you know, what in the hell is Bernard sneaking off from Ford, you know, talking to Dolores for. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about the scene. But that scene ends with Dolores reading from um, uh, 
uh, some text, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, where she says, who in the world am I? And then she looks up and there's a transition of her like waking up in bed, you know, the Dolores waking up in bed thing. Then mm-hmm. we see new Peter Abernathy, not her original father, but the father that was reassigned from being the bartender to her father, opening the corral gate, you know, cows may, it's very pastoral. And then we see Dolores in her bedroom opening up her wardrobe drawer. Now, now if I'm going into excruciating detail, just imagine this same conversation happening about, it was about November, it was early November, right, last year. I had a ooh, 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 Kelly moment, and it was so much I couldn't even contain myself on texting her. I had to actually call her, uh, on. I had to FaceTime (laughs) Kelly about this. I was just going nuts. And so anyway, I remember you being like, like, I have this West world. It was, it was sort of disjointed. And then you were like, I need to call you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not because, sure what's happening. Sure. Yeah. So, so we were, yeah, we were great. talking about the, the whole time frame stuff. And I, it finally dawned on me how, uh, Nolan and Joy just popped us upside the head and they sent, you know, giant flashing alarm bells that we're seeing two time frames. They did it somewhat in episode two, but this is like, this one is like really loud and we should have noticed it. But uh, let, walk walk with me through this. So she opens the wardrobe door. She sees a gun wrapped up in a cloth. And remember, it's the same gun when she unwraps the, uh, the cloth that she got at the very beginning of episode two, when the voice calls her out of bed, and says, remember? And then we cut to William and Logan on the train. This one, she sees the gun there, and she's like, doesn't know what it is. She puts the gun back, shuts the drawer, and looks in the mirror, and a voice asks, do you remember? And then we're cut, uh, we cut to the man in black dragging her into the barn, you know, from episode one to, like, do evil things to her. And once they're in the barn, the man in black says, why don't we re- we reacquaint ourselves, Dolores? Start mm-hmm. at the beginning. Then it's back to Dolores in front of the uh, wardrobe. She opens the drawer again. Remember, she just put the gun in there. And there's no gun. It's so empty. what happened to it? Nothing happened to it because that particular scene of Dolores, remember, she's a host. She doesn't age. It's 30 fucking years ago. We it, are just... It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. That scene we watched before she was told to remember. Do you remember? She's slipstreaming through her memory. Because remember, she does the same damn thing every day. Every day is Groundhog Day for a host, right? Yes. So it's 30 fucking years ago. And how do we know... That's the case because in the very next scene is William, remember, the young man in black sauntering through Sweetwater. It is like flashing neon signs saying, two time frames, Jack Holes. <laughs> and we missed it. I, I I remember this. This was the first episode I watched in in real time because I'd seen... The first two episodes, I saw them uh, almost back to back, 
uh, about four or five days before this episode because I came into the series about a week and a half late. Mm-hmm. So the th- episode three was the first one. And this this entire opening blew past me until I think it was a week later uh, on Reddit. Again, it was it's always Reddit. I Somebody oh, said, hey, what if there's two time frames? And so... Um, it was about... And so Dawn's head exploded at that yeah, point. Yeah, and I went back and looked at this, and it was, I think it was, it was just as episode four was out that you and I made the joke about, um, just as episode four was starting, you and I made the joke on Reddit that led to this whole crazy podcast, right? Yes, that the the week between episode four airing and episode five airing is when uh, Don was grumpy about a podcast that didn't understand the relationship the Westworld book had to the Westworld movie and complained about it on Twitter. And I remember I was standing in my kitchen, like flipping through my timeline, looking for like just sort of looking while I was waiting for water to boil for tea or something. And. I see this cranky tweet from Don and I'm like, I didn't realize that that I didn't realize that 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 was such a secret. Like even I know, and I wasn't paying that much attention or something like that. And Don was like, I don't remember what you said, but then I replied something about like, um, I need to start. Well, I want to start a Westworld podcast because my husband is really tired of listening to me talk about it and I'm nowhere near done talking about it and I don't go to an office to talk about it with other people. <laughs> and you said, I don't edit. I can't edit. And I'm like, I will edit if you will record with me. And we were off to the races. Oh, yeah. And it's like, uh, <laughs> we we barely even knew each other. I no, mean, we were like... two ats passing in the night on yeah, Twitter. Two... That was about it. And I was like, I had complete faith in you, Kelly. So, and I think we we talked on the we talked on the um, the FaceTimey thing. I think it was like a uh, two days later, mm-hmm. because I I was wondering myself. I wonder if she was uh, that uh, that Verso person was serious. And sure enough, <laughs> you were just crazy enough to do it. Like, so anyway, no, I really want to. So here we so are. So one of the first things Kelly and I talked about was this multiple time frame thing. Because it was exploding on the Reddit box like yes. crazy. And everybody was going back and talking about this opening to three as like verification. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until watching it like 20 times. <laughs> and then in November, this you know, this last year that I had the, ooh, 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 Kelly, I've got the whole thing now. And I... And so I called you on FaceTime. We walked through all the scene. And then Kelly was like, ooh, 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 we've got to start the episode three rewatch show with this. Because yes, I remember doing that because we were talking about it. Uh, and, yes. and I'm like, no, no, no. When, once we're done and do it again. And then I remember sort of blurting it out because that was like the first time we really talked about like when the show's over, we're going to go watch it all through again. Yes. And, and I remember like... Like being so excited about it, I just blurted it out, and I was like, "When we do the rewatch, we really need to cover that." I kind of had that moment of like, 
is he really going to sign up to do this with me for like a whole nother round? And <laughs> sure enough, you were like, I yes, was, when yeah. we do the rewatch, we will totally talk about that. And I was I, like, All right. I was in. I was, I, I was, uh, you know, you had me at Westworld. You know, that was, <laughs> that was the problem, right? Okay. So I told Kelly before the show, it's like, Kelly, I timed, I timed this whole opening analysis thing. It only takes me two minutes to talk about 10 minutes later. So. <laughs> End of episode three, Kelly, lead us off into character threads. Who shall we talk about first? Since epi- episode three is not the Maeve show, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about Dolores. Uh, her conversation with Arnold, not Bernard, but Arnold at the beginning. Uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which is a thing that I enjoy very much, having read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland as a kid and all of that. And also the design for Dolores, you know. She's basically an Andrew Wyeth uh, painting and the Disney Alice, right? Basically, yeah. And she's so great. And so one of the things that I that I really enjoy about watching her is about watching Dolores, watching Evan Rachel Wood portray her is how much I'm sort of rooting for her and like She's a like, you know, and we know she's a robot. Like we've sort of known that all along. And and we're watching here as and thinking cheering to the side. She's becoming alive. She's becoming self-aware, maybe. Right. Which is the whole point of this conversation with uh Arnold who we all think at the time is Bernard, but it's not. I have a hard time sort of putting Westworld on while I'm doing other stuff. Because I keep getting sucked in because I keep watching and being interested and what's back there and what's over there. And, you know, because we know how intentional everything is, you know, we said this in the first episode of the rewatch, no frame is wasted. And so I notice weird little things, you know, every time I watch again. So um, the, well, I love the conversation that she has with Arnold uh, where they talk about dreaming, which I thought was kind of fun uh, after she reads a bit of Alice in Wonderland to him. I thought it was interesting to talk about their dreams. Well, she's talking about the fact that uh, it's a common theme change. Yeah. And, you know, why we read about, and he says, you know, we read about things that we want the most and have the least, right? Mm-hmm. And when you rewatch, you know, this is one of those scenes that is sort of underlined once you know what you know, which is, this is Arnold, and... Arnold was a real person and Arnold was Arnold had a very special place in his heart for Dolores. And, you know, and, and when we get to the end of the episode, when she, when, when the two of them have a conversation, um, we see some more of that. Uh, Kelly, I, I can't remember. Is this the first time this episode we get the mention of Charlie? Yes. Right. Yes, because uh, we get and we get sort of two uh, approaches to it, I guess. Uh, Ford casually mentions it, right, and uh, and then we also get it from uh, the future FaceTime conversation he has that Arnold has with his wife. Yeah, which we find out is actually uh, that I thought for a long time that that was Arnold having the conversation with his wife, but it's probably some recording of Arnold. And we know from episode nine that that's Bernard having that conversation about Charlie. 
which is why it reinforces that the person we're seeing with Dolores down in the examination room, uh, we think it's Bernard instead of uh, Arnold. Um, we find out in episode nine that that conversation that Bernard's having with his wife is it's really Ford's having that conversation with him to test him, right? Is he becoming self-aware? Is he remembering other stuff? Right. Right. And so I remember on the original show, I said... That completely slipped my mind. Yeah. So No, yeah. on the original show, I was convinced that that had to be also be a flashback to Arnold. And I was convinced until episode nine mm-hmm. and where they showed, you know, the... Um, the little Ford slipping in behind and him, you know, behind her picture, you know, when he was fucking with, uh, when he was regressing, uh, Bernard back to his original memories or whatever. Anyway, Mm -hmm. but we're digressing, uh, back to Dolores and Arnold. The thing that I find fascinating about that is that we, we don't realize this is happening before the park opens. And what we think now is, Oh, Dolores is finally waking up after like 30 years of torment. And Mm -hmm. the real cruelty is not that it took her so long to wake up. No, she's a lot smarter than that. That she woke up and was wiped and then tormented again so many times. Yes. Which makes seeing Dolores in these trailers or whatever for season, season two going duck hunting, but not with ducks. <laughs> you know, it's human hunting. You think, yes. well, you know, you, you're talking about the sympathy with Dolores. You know, maybe I sympathize with her for 30 years of that crap. You know, maybe, yeah. she, needs, maybe she needs to get that out of her system. You know, like how many, uh, how many hundreds of humans does she have to, <laughs> have to kill to get some catharsis there? So now in my mind, I just hear her and Teddy shouting at each other. Duck season, rabbit season, duck season, newcomer season. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, well, we'll wait to see if they do that, Kelly. We will wait. Oh, that, yeah. So the second conversation, because the first conversation with Dolores and Arnold, well, it's like cut off and we do another transition but uh, yeah. to the opening that I talked about. But the second conversation is actually longer. And I always thought it had one of the greatest lines. And they had faked us on this when Dolores is saying, you know, there's not two versions of me. And then she says, Yeah, there's only one. Right. And have I done something wrong? Made Mm -hmm. a mistake. And then who we think is Bernard going into, but it's really Arnold going into, you know, evolution, you know, used one tool, the mistake. And we think. It's Bernard channeling what Ford said in episode one, right? About the mistake. Yes. Remember when they had the the, uh, the conversation? But no, Arnold said this 30 years ago. Nope. And so that's like. This is another one of those moments that I love because in the re. Like, there's stuff in the. As we go through these again, there's the stuff that is underlined. Like, it was kind of nice before and now it's extra nice or it was a little sad before and now it's heartbreaking and then there's the stuff that is just turned inside out right as we watch again and it's like and and when you hear it's the exact same performance it's 
film like it doesn't adapt you know like all that changes is what you bring to it and so when you watch some of these conversations and they are the exact opposite of what they were the first time through it's just astounding yes the other scene with Dolores in this uh there are two other scenes in this episode and there's another one that's a sort of counterpoint to that opening where she's remembering and finding the gun is where she goes back to the house and we'll talk about Teddy in a while, his scene. And there's no Teddy to say, you know, wait here, Dolores, when she comes back home to the ranch and she hears the shots being fired. Yeah. And so she actually does the dialogue with herself and realizes that she's doing the dialogue with herself. Mm. She runs and there's the bandits and it's Rebus standing over her dad. And then she has the flashback to her previous dad you know yeah being uh, the guy pe- on the ground a uh, uh, guy on the ground and then she has multiple flashbacks and what we're not real uh what we think is that you know dolores is having some aneurysm here but yeah you know we don't find out until uh, uh lutz and and sylvester felix and sylvester have the conversation with Maeve in episode uh, five, I believe it is about host memories and, you know, they remember everything. We don't realize that Dolores is not glitching. She just has a lot of memories of the same thing. And she goes back and remembers all the way back to 30 years, you know, 30 years or more ago. And she remembers like even doing this same thing with Rebus a couple of times recently. Yeah. And then she goes and does that thing you know, where she kills him, she actually uses the gun because there was a scene with Dolores and Teddy earlier in the episode where Teddy tries to shoot a teacher, shoot a gun and she can't, you know, shoot it. Yeah. And I wondered about that. Like if it was a physical limitation that she's overcome, that she has overcome, or if it's just like a thing that has sort of evolved out of usefulness. So, you know, maybe it was code that got deprecated and it doesn't matter anymore you know, whether or not she can shoot people or whether it was a thing that Ford put in intentionally because, you know, we know how the season turns out (laughs) and it's kind of important that she be able to pull that trigger. Well, seeing as how before the park opened, she got merged with Wyatt and who Wyatt is, it gets introduced in this episode. This is the first episode we hear about Wyatt and we'll cover that in a little bit. But we know that she's always had the code in there it's just accessing it. She couldn't access it when she was out trying to shoot with Teddy, but she managed to access it when she's in the barn with Rebus mm-hmm. by remembering the man in black. And the man in black uh, slash William is always like some weird kind of trigger for yes. her. We certainly saw it in spades in episode 10 when she... She, uh, Evan Rachel Wood kicked Ed Harris's butt. Oh, yeah. So, thumps him in the, is it in the cemetery outside the church? Yeah. Yeah, in the cemetery. And we also saw it in uh, 30 years ago when she first meets William and they're in Pariah. This was in episode five, the end Mm -hmm. of episode five, Contrapasso, when she guns down the Confederados and saves, uh, William. Yeah. We know she can slip into that personality and and slip out too, and we know at the end of this season, 
boy with that final scene of Dolores, she's definitely in, you know, in Wyatt mode, but. Yeah. And speaking of like having a different mode, uh, one of the things when she's with Teddy, uh, this is where they have their someday conversation. Yes. Where she sort of pushes him on it. I just, I, I actually made a note. If you watch her, there's like two millimeters difference between the sad smile. Like she has this smile on her face like, oh, I know, I know what you're going to say. And I'm trying to be understanding. And you can see it go from like, I know what you're going to tell me and I don't like it. To I'm, I'm really sad that this is the answer that you're giving me because it's not the answer that I want to. I'm really kind of mad that this is the answer that you're giving me and it's not the answer that I want and that's not okay. And you can watch all of that across her face in a very short amount of time and there is not a single word spoken. It's just the look on her face. Which shows you what kind of chops Evan Rachel Wood has. But it also shows the fact that Dolores is actually the dominant person in that relationship. And because you remember um, in episode 10, when we finally find out what happened at Escalante and Arnold, you know, program uh, gives her the Wyatt program and he yeah. says, uh, and he gives her the gun, which is the gun she pulls out of the drawer. We find out it's the same gun later on. And she says, go talk to Teddy. Uh, Teddy. Uh, he'll, you know, he, he seems to take a liking to you. He'll do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. And so that sad, angry smile, you are totally right on it. It's almost creepy when she does it. It's well, you see a little bit later, you sort of see the um, the same sort of thing. You get a glimpse of that look in the Super Bowl trailer in the Super Bowl ad uh, after she says, like, our world. Oh, yeah. Like you get a little bit of that same um yeah, this is not a person you screw with, right? I am so impressed, and I'm a little terrified yeah. right now. Um, that's, like, that's sort of what, what I get from, from that look. And it's so... I have seen that look on so many people's faces in my life. Like, when people tell... Like, when I talk to friends of mine, and, you know, and they break up with somebody, you know, whatever it is, you know, and, and you see people try to do something like this, like, it's like sort of the moment when the person comes to terms with, I used to believe the story you have been telling me, but now I don't believe it anymore. And I have to, and I have resigned myself to that. Look at the position I'm in and I don't like the position that I'm in. And it's like, that same sort of look and I've seen the same sort of thing, you know, like, like I said, from friends of mine, like through time as relationships end and, and different things happen. And it's, it's sort of the, the look in your eyes changes when you have come to terms with the thing that is happening. And it's such a human moment. And to see it on Dolores is obviously, um, you know, really like, it's very striking. Well, the other thing I thought is that, it was almost as if Teddy was mansplaining it to her. <laughs> and which I feel bad for Teddy for having to do because he doesn't really have an explanation. Yeah, I, we find that out yeah. later. We never bothered. <laughs> you just have this vague backstory, yeah. Unease yeah, or whatever. Vague yeah, unease. and because Ford goes Ford goes, Yeah, we never wrote you one. That's not your deal. 
you know? And I just, I remember watching that and going, oh my God, like you're just telling the dude, like we couldn't bother to make you an entire character. Yeah. I would, I mean, I get why that's what was happening, but you know, and, and we can talk about like why Ford is telling him that later. Like maybe he'll remember when he's out in the field or whatever. And I just was so struck with that. Like I watched it again and I was like, is he really sitting there and telling Teddy, like, we just didn't bother to turn you into an actual character? We didn't give you the any depth. Is, uh-huh. no. We didn't give you any depth. And uh, to uh, James Marsden's credit as Teddy, you know, he pulls off that uh, scene without seeming like adult and also yeah. giving it some depth when he finds out. And, by the way, he's buck naked the entire time. In front of Anthony Hopkins. Talk about a hard day at the office. You know, uh, to... Oh, I... Yeah. You know, I'm not complaining. That's all I'm saying. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, but part of it is, like, again, like, he sort of has this very human interaction. I mean, we mostly only see him, you know, chest up. So he also sort of has this very human interaction with Ford when, when they're just having the conversation. Yeah. You know, and then when well, when Teddy's genuinely confused, who's Wyatt? Right. You know, and then he's like, "Do you remember now?" And then it's just it's so interesting to watch them interact because it doesn't seem like overall we don't. I know Bernard. Yeah. Aside from Bernard, we don't see a lot of like Ford interacting with like current hosts. Like he has his first scene is with Old Bill, and then after that, there isn't necessarily a whole lot of him interacting with hosts we see that we get to there's see there's one brief one in fa- uh the end of episode 5 where he he checks up on Dolores in the field and we get mixed messages on that uh and again mm-hmm. with Dolores in uh the other in the original um I don't know fix it room or whatever the hell it is underneath the ch- uh the church at Escalante with Dolores there. Okay. But you're right. It's not and there's the there's one flashback where he and Bernard are with Maeve and that's and there's this scene with uh, Teddy. The thing that struck me about mm-hmm. that scene and we can move on to Teddy's thread here is that uh, one thing he says to him which is just so soul cr- uh crushing is your job is not to protect Dolores. It's to keep yes. her here. Your job is to keep her here. And so... Th- oh, this, I just... This is where you think Ford is the villain because he's telling him things yes! like that. But you don't realize he he's setting things up to keep the toast tormented because mm. he wants to turn them into real people. You, but you don't know that until the very end. Right. At this point, this is... like. I remember, I think you and I talked about it, and we probably covered it briefly when we did our first mega episode that was like one through five, the first time through, that was like, this dude is the devil. And we were like, he is the villain, and this is all awful. And so... And then there's a... Today, there's a scene later on, we'll get to this when it, uh, with uh, threads about Bernard, but the scene where he, he browbeats the... Uh, technician for covering the host covering up yeah the host. it's the same yeah. sort of shit right and so you think so, he's yes he's evil incarnate and especially mm-hmm. you know later uh, later on the episode he's also being dodgy with the way he talks to bernard about other things but like yeah. everything else in this show it's not what it seems so 
Right. So slightly before um, the browbeating, there's a very interesting thing that happens. Um, I had some some uh, some quick notes from before um, when when Teddy and Ford are having their conversation. Yeah. We can see out of focus across the hall. There's someone in a purple dress over there. And today in no frame of film is wasted. I want to know who that is. <laughs> I'm, on it, also, I'm on it, boss. I'm on it. And also, um, I wondered if there was something significant about the way that Ford talks to hosts. He doesn't do it to other people, to to people very much. But when he talks to hosts, he ends with their name. Is there some sort of like, like protocol to that? You know, like we all have to start sentences now with the name of the the oh. assistant that we are speaking to. So, so like, by he the says, way, folks, would I, you I, like that, yeah, Teddy? Uh, by the way, folks, this is why I do the jo- uh, the show with Kelly because she has just <laughs> mind fucked me twice in like the last minute so you don't realize in the background i'm like i've got the episode by blu-ray on silent and i'm like zooming through it right now scrubbing trying to find that purple dress and then she hits me with this thing ford punctuating because so that's consistent through all the episodes isn't it well yeah because well and the ones that i wrote down were would you like that teddy because i think he says that in this oh he totally does and then i remembered he says um how long have you been here bernard like in the first episode when when they're talking, uh, in episode one or episode two when they have their conversation in the sub basement, and I think it's when they talk about the mistake, you know, about evo- when they have the yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, about yeah, evolution, yeah. and he says something like, "How long have you been here, Bernard?" Like he he tends to end a sentence with their name, and I wondered if maybe that was a thing that was happening. So God, um, now I got to go back and watch every damn <laughs> episode again. <laughs> but that was like one of my big, one of my big questions in this episode was: Is that some particular piece of something? This time, as they were, as he was having this conversation with Teddy, it's not a way that people normally talk, and I think that's what like it happens occasionally, right? You know, and so, but not so. Is often. it just like some? Ner- is it just some way of speaking that they came up with for Ford? Because I never believe, like you do, Kelly. I never believe anything is accidental in this show. No, not even yeah, not even a little. And so, what we have to do is like I, I'm on a mission before we record episode four to go back and watch everything again and go through the dialogue <laughs> with Ford. And find out if it, you know if this kind of thing happens. So it's got to have other meaning. But getting back to Teddy before we go down a rat hole here, yes. the next big scene uh, with Te- well, the the thing I wanted to say about Ford though, right? Before, oh, go ahead, go in ahead. That, you were talking about the you were talking about the brow beating, and this is my other, not necessarily no frame wasted. Bernard walks in. Bernard walks in to where Ford is sitting in front of a host. And he says something about, like, we were going to talk or whatever. And then Ford says, oh, I'm sorry. I was chasing inspiration. Yes. And it's a throwaway moment because then they move on to the meat of the conversation that they want to have. Like, we should talk privately. And then he's like, we can do that. Hang on. Why is this host covered? 
And so, like, it seems like a, a throwaway moment. Like, oh, I was just, you know, distracted. I'm a mad scientist. Here's me being a mad scientist and sciencing over here on this. What was he up to? <laughs> right. So you kind of wonder is like, are you, are you like, going to see that no. actor in the show in the second or third season? And it's a big tell. Yeah. That, that is, this is like, the kind of again, shit that keeps me up at night. <laughs> no! Again, this is the like, no, no, no. That's, there is no such thing as a throwaway moment on this show. I know there's not. And who, who is that host? I don't remember seeing him at, in, in any capacity before. Is this some sort of generic thing that Ford is using in order to get this stuff out to the other hosts so that this all happens? Is he doing something like weird with this one for some reason? Like, was he in on the stuff that's getting uploaded, you know, out of people's arms later? Because this is this episode is where that whole clusterfuck starts getting yeah, well, peeled open. Literally, like, that thread ah, starts. So. <laughs> Yes. So that moment, I'm like, like I backed up. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. There was more in this scene, and I backed up right before he says, "Why? Why is this host covered?" I was chasing inspiration. What were you doing? This is the kind of thing that, like, I would post on Reddit and be like, "I need to know about this and go." (laughs) Yeah, you you get just so that someone else can go. This guy showed up three times. He was in the background at the Mariposa, and he was here and. You saw him for a brief instance dancing in Dolores' flashback, and that's the only times you see him, and da-da-da-da-da, you know? And who knows, that might might actually be right. And you probably would get 100 uh, responses on Reddit if you did that. Okay, so... Because that's a thing I'm curious about in this particular instance, because, again, like, this is what the rewatch is for. Like, no frame is wasted. There is no such thing as a throwaway moment. So that... I feel like that has to factor in later somehow, and I just don't know. We'll figure it out, and I've got the I've got the time stamped now on the purple lady in the background. So we'll get back to that. So <laughs> uh, Teddy conversation with Ford, the new backstory with Wyatt. We get Ford having Teddy repeat the whole backstory, and then a little bit later, mm-hmm. after he does the teaching her to shoot and they don't shoot kind of thing. He goes off with mm-hmm. uh, Sheriff Pickett and Marty, who's my favorite guest in the park, besides William and Logan, of course, Marty, who kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the female guest that uh, is hanging around with Teddy. Anyway, uh, she goes so off. Is, is she huh? the dickless associate? Yeah, yeah she's the that... one, the, okay. the, uh, the person. Talk about offensive. Uh, this dialogue in the show uh, <laughs> sometimes is. Anyway. Oh, but yeah. when they're on the trail to find Wyatt and Wyatt's men, Teddy goes in and he repeats the whole Wyatt story almost verbatim that we heard him say to yeah. Ford. So here's the thing is the important... Came back with some strange ideas. Yeah, that... <laughs> right. And so I went back since I saw your notes and I went back to my collection of dialogue for the episode and I went, okay, what overlaps there? Cause I'm doing this in the back. We're, we're like doing 50 things while we're, we're talking here doing this in the background. <laughs> and that's the strange ideas and the whole idea that, you know, this land wasn't made for, you know, somebody, uh, it was made for somebody to come. Which is the made for someone who is to yet come, to right. come. With, which remember we I was gonna say we already heard that, but we hear that again in episode ten 
word for word out of Dolores. Right, when she's kicking uh, uh, the man in black's ass. And, of course, it's essentially the whole theme of the season two Super Bowl trailer. Yes! So if we're wondering why the hell they lingered on Teddy telling this goddamn story again, once again, it's Nolan and Joy pounding you on the head with a theme. Pay attention, dumbass. This is important. <laughs> and so now, you know, you were talking about things that you notice. Now when I see repetitions in mm-hmm. the episode, I go back and say, okay, did that repetition pan out for something important? And the thing that's mm-hmm. got me now is for those repetitions that maybe didn't pan out for season by the end of season one in episode 10, were they doing it because this is going to be important for season two? I'm thinking they are. Because like you said, this there's is, no... Yes, it's all set right, up. It's all set up. And, and we know that this is going to be a show. I feel like... Okay, well, we don't know. I have a whole lot of what I believe to be well-founded hope. That this is going to be a complete story. That there's a beginning and a middle and an end. And that they are... That Anytime they get the opportunity to set something up, you know, like we get, we get payoff. We get all kinds of payoff in the first season. We get payoff in each episode. Like somebody brings something up at the beginning of the episode and it's answered by the end of the episode. We get payoff across a couple of episodes. Somebody brings something up in this episode and it gets sort of answered or resolved or addressed in the next episode or the, or perhaps the episode after that. We also have stuff that builds that, comes to a head and is resolved by the end of the season. So I don't have a hard time believing at all that that can be an even bigger scale and that there's groundwork laid in season one that's going to pay off in season two or maybe even season three. And I have a lot of faith that this is not going to be a story where they're going to where because because this isn't network TV, the, the old school model where people are going to go where network executives are going to go. This is really popular. You just need to crank it out until you're dead. Yeah. And that's not going to happen here. And so I feel like this is going to be much more a um, yeah. a very clear by story the way, with a beginning and a middle and an end. And this is what it is. And this is how it's going to work. And this is what we're doing. And when we've told all the story we can tell, we'll be right. done. And I'm pretty sure the network executives would be the perfect guests for the Delos Park. Well, they're the, some of the few people who can afford it, number one. And they're, they're, they're probably... <laughs> They're probably due for the Wyatt treatment. Anyway. So. <laughs> yes. So, but like, so when you see stuff that gets repeated and then we never get a payoff for that, I don't think it's because it's not going to pay off. I think it just didn't pay off yet. Yes. Yeah. There's, I, I think there's a yet on the end of every one of these things that we don't know from season one. There's a, we just don't know yet f- answer for that because it, it doesn't have anything to do with this was bad storytelling. There's a giant gap. No, no. I don't think that's how this show is going to work. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. And every time you see one of the uh, the principals, and the principals are, you know, it's Dolores, Maeve, uh, Bernard, and Teddy. They're always the first four people credited mm-hmm. on the show. Yes, they're the. F- uh, and it's odd to think of Teddy being one of the most important people, but he is really, really important. And. He on, oh my God, Marsden gets a lot of screen time in this show. So anyway, but jumping ahead because otherwise we're going to be spend two hours and I won't be able to pick up my car. 
Jumping ahead to a uh, character, Bernard uh, has several mm. threads, interactions with other people. There's this conversation with Teresa where he tries to do funny pillow talk, and then she uh, takes a hot rod and shoves she it up. Shoves his, him right yeah, down. Well, I was going to say she <laughs> takes a hot rod and shoves it up his ass about you know do your job <laughs> and whatever. Then she, he goes in and gives Elsie a hard time. We find Elsie talking to um, uh, she's got Rebus um uh in there and uh oh my god Stephen Ogg is, as Rebus is just I love Yeah him. well and he's a nerd's delight because he's the voice on so many video games and stuff like that too. But it, they have some great scenes and every scene that uh Elsie is in is I just always love. So he I love her. The only thing I love more than a scene with Elsie is a scene with Elsie and stuff. Yes, which we get a lot of in this episode. So on that note I know. It's the, and we'll get to that, but the scene with Bernard, that's where the whole, literally the thread starts with the stray. And they actually call it stray on the little display. She finds a spray. And Bernard has the great management line, why don't you go do something that's in your job description? And I'll deal with this. Yes! I so loved that moment of, I loved that moment of him sort of cracking the whip a little bit. And I, because I also, like, we don't see a lot of other people who answer to Bernard who have interaction with him. Uh, yeah, we don't. Like, there's there's very we little. We don't see much of that until episode nine. Yeah. So we get, so we actually get to see him at his job because only part of his job is Ford Wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> which, which he does a lot. <laughs> yes like i you know like that's sort of i think why this why this uh, this uh, particular exchange stuck with me because i was kind of like we're watching bernard at work and like at regular day-to-day work instead of um the ford wrangler which is what we have seen basically of his job so which is which is really the next uh the next big interaction with bernard in this episode because from talking to elsie he goes off and we get that scene with, you know, as he waits for Ford to chastise the guy about covering a host. Then yeah, we yeah. get our first, it's our first view of Ford's office, right? Were they? Oh, this, I feel like this is where the show really starts. Like we got a lot of setup and, you know, like we had the appetizer and this is the. Entree. Oh yeah. Because this is the, like the back half of this episode is where it all jumps off in in the um uh it's about seven to eight minutes the scene in the office we get more backstory in those seven to eight minutes than we've gotten so far i mean what who we we get more backstory in those eight minutes than we've had in entire seasons of other television shows and so we we (laughs) get the explanation of who arnold is we get the famous photograph that sent reddit off, you know, there were wars started over that photograph of mm-hmm. Ford, uh, what turned out to be Ford, his host dad, and Arnold that you don't see. We don't find that yes. out until episode nine. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, that whole thing. And then we see um, the young CGI Ford, which I thought was actually a, mm-hmm. a, a good effect. Some people are like, oh, you know, they had to piss on it and whatever, but I thought... No, I really... Like, this is... So I, I'm looking at this it... This was also... I'm looking at the effect on the Blu-ray that I ripped 
the original Blu-ray rip, and I'm staring at it on a 27-inch screen, six inches away. Come on, people. The effect holds up fine. I mean, I... Right. And so, like, the other thing to think about for me is that um, Rogue One came out about this time. Yes. And Rogue One has another one of these. Uh, we've completely made up a, a CGI effect for a different version of a person. And... And so, like, this one, I was like, oh, it worked. Because I sort of liked that it was shot a little differently. So you could tell, you know, it was a flashback and it was younger Ford. And let's be honest, it's not like there's not actual film footage of Anthony Hopkins at that exact age. Because the man's been on film forever. So they probably had a lot of good stuff to work with to begin with. And so when I watched it, I, I didn't think much about it. It didn't aggravate me the way it aggravated me in Rogue One. Like the, so, the fake and, Peter Cushing? Yes. And that's a whole podcast in and of itself because I have a lot to say about oh, that. Um, oh, but just I'm not so going you know, fo- to Just so you know, folks, I've heard some of that rant <laughs> <laughs> on, on the, on the downtime between shows. And, and it, it, it is priceless too. <laughs> Yeah, I I would agree. And there's so much in this flashback that's so good. I mean, we get to mm-hmm. see the original host innards and we find out they started yes. as mechanical uh and not the three with rubber outsides. Yeah, rubber outsides. They were not 3D uh printing. Then we get the host training yeah. in Escalante, which you pointed out, you know, we see yes. uh, go ahead. We see who? It's Armistice. Yes. With her, <laughs> but but not but the reason you don't know, and the reason I didn't notice it until this moment is because I've been watching this time through with no wasted frame, no wasted frame. What is that? Who is that? What's going on on the edge of the screen? What's happening in the background? What's you know what's that over there? And so as they have this conversation and they're cutting back and forth, like he's as as Ford is telling the story of Arnold, then we see. Um, we see a host who's being led over by someone in a lab coat being led over to uh, dance in the street there with another host. And this woman who is, is I think lightly made up and wearing a long dress and has this, this blonde hair with these curls in it is armistice. And you only see her for a second. So you don't really notice. And she's not making a face like we've seen and she doesn't have the tattoo. So it's not necessarily as obvious. And this time I was like, we, who is that? Because, I, like I said, I've been going through this one. What is that? What's over there? Who is that? Can I place this person in a different, you know, is this a different timeline and on and on? And trying to sort of juggle everybody. And I went, oh, my God, it's Armistice. And I had to text Don immediately. Hey, that's Armistice. He's like, yeah, I know. Well, okay. Well, I just discovered it. So well, what's funny is go. I remember the first time I saw that, I noticed that that she you know the person walking away from her dance partner or whatever it was armistice the one that i missed and i didn't know right away who it was was the woman who walks in front with a parasol and that's angela Tallulah lula riley as that's angela. angela and it was like yeah and it took me like three viewings of this episode three or four viewings of this episode to realize that that was uh angela and we don't really get this in our brains until they show all this footage again in episode nine when uh, Dolores mm-hmm. has her big, when she finally arrives at Escalante and she has her big Escalante yes. uh, flashback. And and we start mm-hmm. to understand who the hosts were. 
The other thing is we actually, when she has the Escalante flashback, we actually hear some dialogue. And then you notice Maeve is in the background there dancing too. Yes. Now I do remember that. And I did see her before because I was, I, at the time I was looking for people I recognized. And at that point we already knew Maeve the first time yes. through. So, so she wasn't newsworthy to me at that moment, but I had no idea who, we had no idea who Armistice was at that point. So I was like, oh, hey. Yes, yes. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was quite the episode. So other things in the flight. So we see the host uh, training in Escalante. We see uh, yes. old Peter Abernathy in his, uh, in his role as uh, the, um, what did uh, Ford say in episode one? The professor. Doing his, the yeah, doing yeah. his lines from uh, Shakespeare. As John, he, as he herks and jerks, he's like old Bill style, right? Herking and jerking, uh, jerk and stutter, yeah. and yes, yeah. I, I, that moment was very awesome I, to me because you know, again, oh, Lewis Hertham, he's such a delight, and look at him stand there and like lurch around like an old school robot. It was so great. To yeah, me. I, I can't. I I'm so looking forward to whatever the hell they do. Whatever the hell he does in episode two is going to be fine with me, because he's a maniac. I'm, yeah, I'm here for so it. So the other thing that we find out, not in the flashback, but in the conversation with Ford and Bernard, is we find out the whole concept about the bicameral mind, and we find out that Arnold died in the park. So Arnold is definitely dead, right? When this conversation yeah. happens, and so, um, uh, the and so, and then there's this really telling thing at the end of the scene, where on the way out, Ford, you know, and we find out what he's doing later on. He's testing Bernard to make sure he's not waking up yet, that mm -hmm. he's still under his control. He. Uh, he jiggles uh, Bernard's cornerstone, Charlie, in front of him before he gets on the elevator yes. and heads out. And then we go to... Let's salt this wound just to yeah, just Yeah, just to test it. And then you have the scene, you know, Bernard goes and talks to a recording uh, uh, or simulation of Arnold's wife talking to him when that's actually just Ford testing him again. And we, we find that out in episode yeah. nine when... Uh, when Bernard is regressing to his memories. So it is lots of information and backstory, but also a massive mind fuck by Nolan and Joy. <laughs> which, yes. which in the, in the, in the end, I, I'm always like, screw me again like that. That was great. I just love the way you messed with my head. I mean, they're messing with, yes. they are messing with their heads like Ford was messing with the hosts. <laughs> yes, and but but I love it. It was so great. And one of the things that I think stands out to me about this episode is um because this is a thing that I this is a thing that I'm a sucker for in like any story. And that is when it's when you're telling me a very big tale. Whatever it is is something that you know, I'm I'm a sci-fi person, so something that sprawls out across galaxies or across planets or you know across star systems or whatever and and what you do is you distill that down into a moment between two people or a moment you know a very small group of people whatever and as it is. long as it doesn't involve take... midichlorians you're that's your favorite way to do it right oh for corn's sake <laughs> you had to go there didn't you sorry <sighs> 
Sorry, and the therapy was working so well. <laughs> oh, it was. Thanks. Sorry, I got to uh, do. Now that my maker's mark is out of network, I'm very unhappy <laughs> about this, Don. Anyway, so <laughs> yes. So the the thing about it is, like, I love when you can take something of that of a of a scale and distill that story down to a small moment between people whoever those people are in in this particular case um that's what i love about this so you know the the moment we have the the someday conversation between dolores oh yeah 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 you're totally right it's a very yeah that's a small moment between them and the moment that you know the the moment that bernard and Teresa have you know that's a small moment and like Everything with Elsie and Stubbs, which I just like, seriously, I love them. And I well, would let's watch. Let's talk about them now because they're the big, they're the, if you had a headline and describe this episode, you have to describe what Elsie and Stubbs are doing. Take, take yes. it away. Okay, so first of all, so I really enjoy the two of them together. I love the chemistry of these two characters, of these two actors. It's so fun to watch Elsie and our friendly neighborhood Hemsworth, whatever they're doing, because I sort of get the feeling that there is not genuine hatred there. And I would love nothing more in season two to find out that they have a very Bernard Teresa style relationship. And we just didn't get to see. So you're, you're, you're one of the Elsie and Stubb shippers then. There's a whole contingent. On Reddit <laughs> that are Elsie and Stubb shippers. They've got like whole well, threads I just going am, this way. I am of the impression that we just didn't see the other half of that relationship. And that's the half when they're not dressed. Ah, yes, yeah, that's yeah, all I'm yeah, saying. Okay. So, um, and it's just because there is so much chemistry there. Like, I feel like both of them have sort of tried to talk themselves out of actually liking the other person. That this is the relationship that we see, even though... Honestly, like the people who, you know, like when somebody is, is unbelievably, unreasonably aggravated by another person, like it's because secretly deep down, you think, boy, you those know, two must they be actually married. really like them. There should be. Yeah, there's there's kissing. There's absolutely kissing. And if there's not, then they're mad because they're not. There isn't. And like, that's really the, that's the only the place that relationship is. could be, in my so opinion. Yeah. Where they start out with. There's so much Where they fun. start out, you know, the elevator ride to the surface so they can find the stray. Just all of that dialogue is absolutely classic. You know, <laughs> it's like, a, no offense, it's but I, sl- I sleep with this gun. And she and Shannon I'm Woodward sure says, you, I, you know, I bet you do. And it's just priceless. And then when they uh, they make it to the camp. Which the great way that was directed, you see the camp and you see the cow hens sitting around the uh, the fire, bitching about the fire. yeah, and bitching That's about not eating or whatever. And then all of a sudden, yeah. they freeze. And by the way, folks, that's yes. not a special effect because the camera is moving as it is. That's somebody waving a sign to the actors, and they all freeze exactly perfectly. Yes. I, I mean, you know, you had, uh, I think it was Evan Rachel Wood said you had to learn in this show as an actor uh, how to be a mannequin, you know, <laughs> just on, yes. on cue, turn into a mannequin. <laughs> and yeah. stop. Yeah. And then. And it's so great. Yeah, and LZ and Stubbs come over, you know, come over the hill and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just wonderful. Oh, by the way, you know where they're at? 
I didn't find this out until um, today. That's actually not uh, where they normally film at. That's a different Western park in Simi Valley, California, called uh, Corganville Park, where they track down the stray host uh, and where they have uh, this scene, too. And I'm like, man, they were just moving around all over Southern California. They got a lot of mileage out of Southern California filming this thing. Yeah. So, and, and what they film here is dude falls down a crevasse. Not a big deal, right? Um, so Stubbs goes down to retrieve him and decides not to huff the whole dude up there. Uh, we're just going to take his head. So Stubbs gets started sawing off the head. And like Elsie, I had a little, um, ew. Yeah. You're good, right? Like, I don't need to, I'm not going to sit here and stare at this. I'm going to look away. And... Uh, turns out uh, the host doesn't like having his head sawed off. Much to everyone's surprise. <laughs> yeah, and so he, I thought, uh, I thought, oh my god, he's gonna kill Stubbs. You know, this is the first. Oh, I thought Stubbs was done for. Like I hollered about yeah. it. Like, yeah, poor Mr. Kelly. He's sitting on the couch, and I'm like, ah! You're and saying, Ashley, what, what, Ashley, what? get out of there! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, run, 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 uh, run, run. Yeah, I'm like, where? I don't know, but like, ah, because I actually liked him because him and Elsie together are great and I don't want to lose that. So, so yes, moment of panic. And then, so it turns out the dude climbs out of the crevasse. And this was your next. And is walking this was, straight to Elsie. This was your next point, uh, moment of panic. Oh my God, they've saved Stubbs. Yes. And now he's going to crush Elsie to death. Because yes. you, you called like, me on the phone uh, I remember when you did the first rewatch of this episode and you were like, oh yes. my God. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know what? Like watching it again this time, I was still like, oh thing. no. And I know how it turns out. I've seen it already. I know they're okay. And I'm still like, oh, and yeah. So <laughs> then he picks up the rock and I don't know why it surprises me every time bashes his own head it's a great effect really folks it's really a great effect just astounding and then of course cut to reaction of elsie as she sits there partly relieved and partly grossed out because bits of host are now all over the front of her um arrow and and like that's sort of the end of it for them but we get an interesting piece of information as the two of them are out there looking for this stray and that's when uh, Stubbs makes a joke to her and puts down that uh, they couldn't be bothered to give the guy a steadier hand so that he could carve because the thing that he carved looks terrible. Right. And it's this little carving. And this is a thing that I absolutely did not remember from, the, from previously. And that is uh, the same... Yeah, I know it's not Orion, but it's Orion E, yeah. Orion esque, Orionish, um, in the style of Orion, as they like to put on karaoke records sometimes. <laughs> um, it's it's this this uh, you know it looks like a constellation, but it's also on the back of this carving that's also in the tent when they go and and they look at it. Elsie picks up a bear, and on the back of the bear is the same thing. Yeah, and, and you I notice I didn't remember you at all. Looking, he's carved it into a bunch of other things on that table too. 
I mean, yes, and, that and and which, in fact, it looked like to me he'd carved it into the table too. I think he yeah. did, and I remember, but I what I didn't remember. I remembered that we saw it more than once when she picked up the the shell or whatever it was. What I did not remember was she actually picked up the bear and found it on the back of the bear, which is the thing that was surprising to yeah. me. So they find this and and Elsie sort of wonders what's up. And the thing that was interesting is that when we look at it, you know, we're sort of looking at it from Elsie's point of view, which is very similar to, you know, which is, um, you know, the only thing we have to go on, which is whatever weird thing snapped in Peter Abernathy's brain, you know, that he made it all the way home. And there's this other weird thing that happened, you know, because Elsie's still operating under the assumption that whatever happened to Abernathy Prime is contagious. And she's trying to like make that case. It's a thing that's really bugging her and she can't let it go. Right. So what we don't know at this point, by the time we end episode three, and it's really odd because the stray hasn't had any lines. And, you know, we haven't seen anybody whisper to him, you know, these violent delights have violent ends. We don't know if it's, right. if it's connected. Um, but what's funny is, is this is the episode where the detective procedural starts in Westworld. I mean, they crammed yes. so many genres into this show and led you down so many paths. And it really starts to snowball in episodes four and five this way. Cause then we have mm -hmm. like, you know, you know, there's who's doing this. We have corporate intrigue. We have all kinds of things yeah. at the same time when you've, you know, you're getting these whole stories about hosts waking up. We're getting these stories about people, uh, in the back shop, doing repairs, doing funky things that are off book, book you know, Felix and Sylvester. And, and it's like this, yes. where, where the fuck is all this stuff going? And mm. episode three was when you just had shit just went wild in episode three. Yeah, and that was the thing to me that was, I think, the most surprising about this one is when I think about it, like... It's not an episode where it's like a lot of stuff happens. Yes. Because the because what you get is conversation. You get, you know, all the exposition in Ford's office. You get the conversation, you know, a conversation between Elsie and Stubbs before they go. Like the thing with the host is one of the big you know, sort of action, you know, sequences in this because there's a lot of talking and a lot of exposition right. that and happens you get the, as a result of those conversations. You get the someday conversation with Teddy and Dolores. Yeah. Right, and you get the conversation but, but this with. This is a huge episode. Right, you get the conversation with uh, William and Logan when William makes his first kill. Oh shit, we forgot to cover that. <laughs> uh, let's cover that because actually William and Logan in the episode, but back in the beginning, yeah. uh, you know William, when we're obviously flashing back to thirty years ago, William saves Clementine from the Marauder, and. Uh, Ah, yes. And Logan obviously comes into frame at the end of that, zipping up his pants because God only knows who he was fucking, you know, before that scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, you have the first big falling out with William and Logan where William goes, you know, I'm going to go have an adventure. But you also see when he kills the guy, you see that glint, that first glint in his eye, like, that was fun. Ooh. And you don't yeah. see darkness, but you see. Why well, is that the sweet w 
sweetness and light, William, that I thought we were going to get? Maybe not. And so you get the first hint in this episode of William's dark path. And this was another one of those moments where the actor, you know, like it's the actor that makes that moment because you see sort of all of the processing at once because you get the first bit of, oh my God, I killed somebody. And then like, but that was kind of fun. But then like, that was really fun. But then like, but I should feel bad about this. But it wasn't really a person. And you watch like this entire thought process happen in like a second and a half and no words are spoken. And it's all just eyes and eyebrows and like the look on his face as he goes through like, all of the processing of what just happened. Like I got shot and I shot that guy and now he's dead. And that was really, really fun. And maybe I shouldn't have enjoyed that, but I enjoyed that a lot. And I'm afraid to admit it to myself, but I kind of want to. And, you know, maybe I'll tell myself, but I won't tell Logan, you know, like you have this whole like thought process that all gets compressed down into this brief amount of time that you watch his face. J- Jimmy and Simpson then here comes did a Logan. marvelous job with that whole uh, scene. He is he is amazing, he, and he is amazing in the journey that he takes you from from William until you see in the end. Uh, you know, and we don't see the whole arc yet. I suspect we'll see more in season two. Uh, to the man in black, oh, sure. and uh, uh, well, we basically get no arc. We just get the beginning of it and the end. Yeah, of yeah. It. <laughs> basically, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping they really explore that more and really explore, you know, what the uh, hell happened um, uh, to Ben Barnes's Logan when he ran, uh, you know, uh, Simpson uh, rode him off naked on that horse in episode 10. So, yes, so we, I, I'm curious about the then what there yeah. as yes, well. Yes, 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 yes. There, there are, there are going to be very, very, very interesting things. And of course, there again, at the very end of the episode, after uh, after the stray has given himself a um, a severe haircut, uh, we cut back to uh, Dolores stumbling into William and Logan's camp. But notice she stumbles in, and she doesn't have the gun that she was carrying around uh, uh, that she used to kill uh, Rebus. So that should have been the other five alarm fire telling us. This ain't present day, right? Yes. Because, yeah, there were so many clues and we just fucking missed them at the time. I mean, they were so sneaky. <laughs> so overall, you were, you were saying that this was not like, this had, this had little bits in it, right? This episode, lots mm-hmm. of little bits. Yes. These, and a lot happens when you sit down and describe this episode, you know, like we're doing now. A lot happens in an episode where it doesn't seem like a lot happens. And so I think for me, that's why this episode in particular stands out is because of these small moments. We get some big stuff where uh, William and Dolores meet up at the end of the episode in quite dramatic fashion. We get Dolores pulling the trigger. Yeah. You know, after like after saying she she uh, would never harm another living thing. You know, we get the fly, which is a small but important example. But in this one, you know, she shoots him straight up in the neck. And, like, I cheered for her at that moment, you know, getting out from under the ending of that story. Because we all know how it turns out. And it was great. And 
I really like there's a lot of stuff like that like all through this episode where like you know when you get to the end of the season it turns out that this was the pivot the pivot point for a for a whole lot of stuff that happens later yeah and for me what this episode was about uh was it was filled like the scene with uh, Bernard and Ford it was filled with backstory, but it was also filled with so many what the fuck questions. Like, you know, the thing, mm-hmm. the whole story, the stray, what the hell is going on here? Uh, and you're right. Uh, this is the uh, this is the pivot point for uh, so many other stories. And it's really the pivot point uh, for the story from 30 years ago, the story of William, where he starts. Yes. Where he starts down that path. And. It's yes. it's another pivot point when Ford gives Teddy the new backstory. It stretches Teddy into being a major player in this post uh, 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 this post. I'll do whatever you say as a host world that we see. You know, because in the trailers for season two, we see Teddy side by side with. Um, with Dolores uh, kicking some human ass there and spraying mm-hmm. some human innards on the ground. So it's pretty, uh, pretty grotesque. So overall, I, yeah, you, you know, you can't, you can't skip episode three ever. No. So, so that was a rewatch. Shall we do theory time? Or you wrote in the notes, yes. crazy ass theory, theory time. time. <laughs> Yes, I love a crazy ass theory. And part of it is because you never know. And particularly like as this show should have proven to us by now, all bets are off. And also because I like I like seeing where other people's thinking leads them when you talk about stuff like this. Okay. So, and by the way, I, think it'll be I want to preface this. I, I have one crazy ass theory uh, for season two. And if you uh-huh. don't want season two spoiled for you, just in case I'm right. If you don't want to find out later that Don was accidentally right. Yeah, and, and more than likely it's accidentally right. right. Let's be let's be clear that I'm not I'm not I'm not one of the Oh yeah, if I were to this, ever get yeah. anything yeah, if I get anything right, it's going to be purely by mistake, I assure yeah. you. Knowing that, if you don't want to listen to us theorize, this is the end of the episode. Um we'll j- just hum the end of the opening music and it'll be fine. Uh, all you're going to miss is us theorizing and then saying goodbye. Yes. So with that, take it away. Don. With that. So here's my theory. So I went back and, uh, you know, ever since the trailer, uh, season two trailer came out, I pretty much had it in the background on repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after staring at it multiple, multiple, multiple times, uh, you know, we see the bulls and then about, I think it's uh, one minute and five seconds into that trailer. So it's like two thirds of the way through the trailer. We see at the back end of the bulls, Maeve. A lot of the chatter on Reddit has been about, well, you know, Maeve can control hosts now since, you know, she was given that power. But here's my crazy ass theory, because we also see some other shots of Maeve in this episode where she's laying on a table, obviously injured and shaking. And here's the funny thing is, I don't think this is future Maeve that we're seeing with the Bulls. 
And here's my reasoning why. One is those aren't the 3D printed bulls that we saw in episode one. Those are literally mechanical old style bulls, you know, like we saw how the original hosts were made or when we saw the original Dolores, the innards look exactly the same. Yeah. Also, if you look at that shot one minute and five seconds into the trailer, and I'm, I'm talking the alternate trailer, I don't know what the exact timing mark it is on the HBO trailer. You see Maeve in this cloak and what looks like underneath it, not the fancy clothes she had mm-hmm. uh, when she stepped off the train or something. This looks a little bit like her other kinds of garments. And you see what looks like blood underneath the cloak. And it looks a lot like the position of that blood when she was on the table. I think this is actually past Maeve. I think this is a previous uprising from a long time ago. And and this is exactly what I told you. Even if I'm wrong here, I can pretty much guarantee you folks that this trailer shows multiple time frames because this is just the kind of thing Nolan and Joy do to us. They fuck with us. Remember when I said in our, our little 15-minute trailer show, do not look at the trailer and think it tells some linear story because if you do, they pulled one over you. So I think this whole uprising with the Bulls It's not happening after Dolores shoots up the house at the end of episode 10. It happened sometime in the past. And what we're doing is we're getting a a recap of things going wrong. Who knows? This may be that incident that supposedly happened, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 years ago that Bernard references in the first episode. Because we know the incident doesn't have anything to do with William and Logan. Because neither one of them died. There hasn't been a death in the park, you know, for uh, for thirty years. So, are we going to find out this is the incident? The other thing that makes me think that this is part of it is we see that scene of James De- uh, Delos, supposedly the founder of Delos, with a face yeah. cut up. I'm going to bet that the episode thirty years ago where something bad happened, and it wasn't Bernard. Uh, rather, it wasn't Arnold shooting himself either. I'm going to bet it has something to do with this. This is all part and parcel of the same horseshit. Mm-hmm. So that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it until they release more footage, and I'm proven horribly wrong. Yeah, I well, I like it. Um, <laughs> it's a fun theory, and I like, like I said, I I really like seeing where how how stuff kind of turns over. Um, I have a a nugget of a theory that comes from that trailer. And um, to riff on yours, I wonder if we are going to get not a retelling, but an account of this having happened before. Um, Oh, you mean the uprising? Yeah. Yeah. Because I I think there's been I because I think there's been I think there's been two. Here's my crazy ass theory. I think before the one we see that's the mo the furthest in the future. Yeah. Uh, which is the one that ends with uh, 
uh, Dolores double tapping Ford. Um, <laughs> before that, like the, in the timeline before that, I feel like there are two instances of uprising. And you don't just mean the fake uprising in Escalante with Dolores and Teddy under no, 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 no. Arnold's control. No, I mean, full on, full on robot uprising. Um, I think we've had a couple, at least a couple. And I think that that's part of what we're seeing. And now that I have said that out loud, what comes to my head, it, what comes into my head is if that's what happened with the sub-level 82 that used to be the office. Oh, I see what you mean. If that was, if, if that's why it ended up cold storage or abandoned or whatever, I wonder if that's why. Hmm. In other words, the, all the hosts in cold storage might have been part of that uprising. Or, well, I think it's part of why that those sublevels are being used as cold storage. Oh, oh, because oh, oh, they, oh. Sorry, I'm like slow. Whatever. You have to explain okay. it to me like a child, apparently. But yeah, I get you No, now. it's because you're still... Well, I know it's because you're still picking up pieces of your brain from when I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. what about... <laughs> what no, no, I, 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 have that, I have that pause in the background so I can look at it later on. Uh, so, uh, so that's my theory is that something, um, you know, in Jurassic world, I think I brought this up before in Jurassic world, there's the point where they walk into one of the buildings and you see that it's the old lobby to the building from the Jurassic park yes. movie, you know, and it's like the throwback to like, uh, here, you know, we tried this once before and it didn't end well. And you know, also Michael Crichton. So I'm on theme, you guys. This I didn't pull this out of nowhere. No, no, no. I'm humans uh, build a world that eventually turns on them is kind of a thing that Michael Crichton did in a few different forms, like so, like all of them. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think, like, I think that this is the same that 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 sub level suffered that fate, and so when and and maybe like that first uprising is when Westworld became officially a Delos thing. And maybe that was when William and Logan's uh, mythical company like bailed it out. And, you know, they did oh. increase their stake and it became because I, I sort of, this is like headcanon right now that uh, Logan and that Logan and William are, are Delos people. Oh yeah, because yeah. Delos is who owns the park, and but they were always Delos people. It's just that Delos wasn't as big a deal until Westworld was their property, and now that it's their property, they were like, "Well, everybody knows what went wrong, just there, so we're gonna start over and we're gonna do it right this time." Okay, and that's why we have like abandoned sections, I... and they were like, "We should use that for something, so we'll just put hosts down there." in the old office space because it's already there, but we don't want to actually use it for anything because we've got all this way more advanced equipment and stuff that we're going to do over here. That's my theory. And you know what I have to say about that? I totally buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. Just I'm, 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 I'm on that boat sailing down the river with you on that one. No, I think, I think that's a good theory. I, I mean, not that, not that there's like a you know a huge huge mound of documented evidence but i think it makes sense story wise it makes sense mm -hmm. 
uh, and it would explain other things if that was the case. So, alrighty, alrighty, we yeah. are now um, so over time that we should That's call okay. this show overtime. We are absolutely going to. We're we're cutting it. Um, I hope you all have enjoyed yourselves, and uh, you can find us on. You can find us on Twitter. You should find us on micro.blog, where I am Verso, and Don is Don Melton. I know that will surprise you. And uh, Don, do you have any final thoughts you want to give us on uh, the episode? Or oh no, uh, but but please, uh, the final thought I uh, I have is uh, is every time I watch an episode and we do a rewatch that episode becomes my favorite episode <laughs> and <Mine too. laughs> and and uh it just doesn't matter you know i i think i'm gonna this is gonna be the same thing with four five six seven eight nine ten and yes. so uh uh there the thing i would recommend to people don't just listen to us talk about rewatching it rewatch the damn thing it's it's totally yes. worth it and if you notice things that we're not talking about, find us on Point the on the Tweety Bird, or better yet, on micro.blog, and smack us up the side the head about it, please. Tell us about the stuff that we missed. We want to make sure that we're sort of talking with you about this stuff when this comes out. Uh, you get a chance to have feedback on that, and uh, that would be really funny. So, um, my final thought on this episode is something that somebody pointed out to me earlier. They said, um, "I just started rewatching." I just started listening to your show and they sent me a screenshot of the, their uh, podcast podcatcher. And they said at the bottom, cause at the bottom it says hosts, Kelly Gamont and Don Melton. And he said, calling someone a host on any other show is a really benevolent thing, but here dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> and I giggled about it forever. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. So I thought that was really fun. Um, episode four coming next. Very exciting. Uh, buckle up, buttercups. It's going to be quite the ride. And in the meantime, thank you again to Jason at Everyone and Incomparable. This has been Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. Greetings. Farewell until next time. Farewell. And be excellent to each other. Bye.